Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 145 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and today I'm speaking about the unmeasurable mercy of God. I focus upon uh, several pieces, uh, food for the head, heart, hands, and feet that really will give you some uh, focus upon God's unmeasurable mercy for you. And I speak about the difference between what God's asking of us and what we think uh, he's asking of us and how we can have the courage and strength to be able to do uh, whatever it is that he's asking and also uh, speak about what is love and how does that express itself. And then also how in a world that's full of gossip and intrigue and conspiracy, how we can live with sincerity and loyalty. Um, and be good friends and be present to one another, but especially of how it is that we can learn to trust in God's love for us. Jesus tells us this himself, and that's the quote that I use uh, of his speaking to St. Faustina in her Diary of Divine Mercy, which, by the way, Jesus instructed her to write down. At one point, uh, St. Faustina was so convinced that she was being deceived that uh, it was really Satan. She thought it was really Satan that was talking to her and not Jesus, that she actually threw the pages of the diary that she had written already into the fire and destroyed them. And what she came to find out was, is that no, it really was Jesus because he then patiently sat with her and spoke again all of what he had already spoken to her and had her wrote, written down, wrote down before. Um, so really believe that Jesus so desires for you to know of his mercy, for you to know of his great love for you, and that you should never be afraid to approach him. So I hope that our conversation today helps you come to a deeper understanding of that knowledge, but also so that you can take that action of living out the life that he created you for, a life in which you are fully alive, a life in which you are living out purpose and peace and abundance. See you on the flip side. Hey, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here. And Thanks for tuning in to the place where you can find food for the head, heart, hands, and feet. It's going to help inspire, encourage, and accompany you on your road to holiness as you are striving to fully become the man or woman that God created you to be, a saint. So if that sounds good, make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notified whenever there's new episodes available. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, 
make sure that you hit the subscribe button along with the bell icon in the bottom right of your screen. So without further ado, here's your food for the head. And it's a little lengthy. It's from Father Jacques Philippe's book, In the School of the Holy Spirit. If you have not read this book, I highly recommend it. But without, again, without further ado, Father Jacques Philippe writes, As we have seen, there is sometimes a big difference between what God is actually asking of us and what we imagine he is asking. We won't have the grace to do what God is not asking of us, but for what he is asking, he has promised us his grace. God grants what he commands. When God inspires us to do something, if it really is God who is the source of the inspiration, at the same time he supplies the ability to do it even if it's beyond our capacity or scares us at the start. Every motion that comes from God brings both the light to understand what God intends and the strength to accomplish it. Light that illuminates the mind and strength that gives power to the will. So I think this is such a beautiful paragraph that Father Jacques has shared with us when it comes to us knowing what it is that God desires for us. I know that many times I'll be talking with people and they'll be like, I'm not sure what God wants me to be doing, or I'm really afraid of what he might ask, or just simply, I'm afraid of what God is asking of me. And in each of these instances, we don't have to worry about that. The fact is, is that God is never going to ask us to do something that he's not going to give us the grace to do. And God's never going to ask anything of us that he's not going to give us the necessary grace to be able to do. And especially this is with those big tasks that we might not think that we can do. Might be becoming a new mom or dad might be thinking, this is way beyond me. There's no way that I'll be able to be a good parent. Um, but the fact is, is that God will give us the exact grace that we need and the strength to be able to do what it is that he's asking. Or it could be writing a book. Or it could be standing up and giving a speech in front of a bunch of people. Or it might be stepping out and using a talent that you've had for a long time, but you haven't been comfortable sharing it with others. In all of these things, God gives us the grace and the strength to be able to do it. So we don't have to be afraid of doing whatever it is that God might be asking of us. Another thing that's hard is to put other people first. And this is where we are becoming our best selves. And God asks this of us, doesn't he? He tells us, what are the two great commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. We are commanded. We are told that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And, you know, our world tells us that if we put other people first, that they're going to take advantage of us, that we're going to get used, that no one is going to look out for us, that, you know, if we're a doormat, then no one's going to respect us. Um, and, you know, probably the biggest fear is that our needs won't get tended to. 
But again, these are just examples of how it is that we imagine things might play out if we do something that God's asking us to do. If he's asking us to set aside what we think has been a dream of ours for many, many years, and because of circumstances, we're having to set it aside. In other words, it's a not yet answer, not a no. But we are afraid to trust God and his providence. And we're afraid to be obedient to what he asks of us in the present moment. But we have to know in our minds that we don't have to worry about what might come because God's already got that. We just need to focus upon what do we need to do now and then trust that God has got the rest. We have to cultivate this attitude in our minds that if we are to be last, in other words, we're putting other people first, we're actually becoming first in love. And when we're obedient to that love, and God is love, then what we do is that we become not last, but we become first. And that's exactly what Jesus speaks about many times, doesn't he? When he talks about the last shall be first. So we need to be attentive to this. We need to do the thing that Father Jacques tells us to, which is to trust and to know that God is always going to illuminate our mind and he's also going to strengthen our will so that we can be the very man or woman that God created us to be. Our food for the heart comes from St. Teresa of Avila in her book, The Interior Castle. She writes, Perhaps we do not know what love is, nor does this greatly surprise me. Love does not consist in great sweetness of devotion, but in a fervent determination to strive to please God in all things, in avoiding, as far as possible, all that would offend him, and in praying for the increase of the glory and honor of his Son, and for the growth of the Catholic Church. We just celebrated St. Teresa of Avila's feast day. Her memorial was October 15th, and she was named a doctor of the church. One, um, in fact, one of only, I believe, four female doctors of the church, and she was recognized for her instruction on prayer. And she writes about it in the interior castle. Again, another book. If you have not read it, pick it up and start slowly making your way through. No time like the present, right? But what St. Teresa is talking about here, that perhaps we don't know what love is, I think is probably truer than we than might think. And I say that because, again, I think it comes back to fear. I think we're afraid to truly love. Again, it comes to what I was just talking about, about putting others first. When we put others first, to the extent that we're willing to lay down our lives for them, and this is what Jesus did on the cross, then what we're doing is, is that we are truly loving. And I know that our world tells us that we have to get ours and we have to take care of ourselves and we have to be attentive to our own needs because no one else will. But 
the fact is, is that God has already tended to our needs. But we forget that. And we forget that love is not about a feeling. Although many of us, myself included, um, will get wrapped up in the how do I feel and that determines what I do, actually the reverse should be true, especially for striving to grow in a life of virtue. Our feelings are are not to dictate what it is that we are going to go and do. Rather, what we do will eventually dictate our feelings. Um, I listened to uh, the Daily Rosary podcast done by the School of Faith and Dr. Mike Scherzlick, who does the meditations many times, he, he always uses his example of how it is that we come to eventually like exercise. We don't feel like going out and, and, and doing a run or a walk even or you know working out in the gym or any of that. But eventually, when we do it enough, then we desire to do that thing. Our feelings change. And this is what St. Teresa is trying to get at. She says, love isn't consist in sweetness of devotion, how we feel, but rather it's in our determination to strive to please God in all things. And avoiding as much as we can anything that's going to offend him. But in addition, we also need to pray for the increase of the glory and honor of Jesus, his son, and for the growth of the Catholic Church. So, Jesus modeled how to do this. He modeled how to love. He showed us that love is not about how you feel, um, but rather is the determination, fervent determination, to please God in all things and avoid, in whatever way possible, anything that might offend him. So, I guess the question I would have for you to think about is, are you striving to avoid any offense of the one that you claim to love? And that includes me. Am I striving? Are we striving to avoid those things that would be offensive to God? The one that we claim that we love. We claim to love God. But how often are we choosing to do things that are offensive to him? How often is it that we are really striving to ensure that everything we do within our power is to please him? How often are we praying for an increase of his glory and honor? How often are we praying for the growth of the church or doing anything in order to help the church grow by sharing the good news with someone else? If we're not doing these things, then I think St. Teresa is probably on the right track that we don't really know what love is. And that doesn't surprise me, just as it doesn't surprise St. Teresa. I know myself well enough to know that I don't know the extent of love that God has for me. I just get a glimmer of it. Each of us just gets a little sliver glimmer of the amount and depth and height and breadth and length of God's love for us. Just a tiny little glimmer of it. And the fact is, is that 
all of what we can do to try to be obedient, to strive to be determined to please God, to avoid what might offend him, to pray for the increase in glory and honor of Jesus, to pray for the growth of the church. Those are just really small signs of our love for God. So the question that I have is that, are we doing them? And if not, why? And your why might be, which I know for me sometimes is the truth, I don't love enough. Our food for the hands comes from St. Jose Maria Escriva in his writings contained in the book The Forge. He writes, Nowadays, the world we live in is full of disobedience and gossip, of intrigue and conspiracy. So, more than ever, we have to love obedience sincerity, loyalty, and simplicity. And our love of all these will have a supernatural significance which will make us more human. St. Jose Maria, when he was writing this, um, you, would, you would swear that he was writing this right now, but he actually was writing this back in the 1930s in the midst of the Spanish Civil War in Spain. And there was lots of disobedience, lots of gossip, lots of intrigue, lots of conspiracy. We are surrounded by those things today, aren't we? We are absolutely being, you know, just surrounded on all sides. And the news and social media is just full of all of these. It's full of the latest gossip. It's full of all the latest intrigues, the latest conspiracies. And one of the reasons why I fast from those things uh, as much as possible is because it is filled with so much gossip and intrigue and conspiracy. And those things lead to our disobedience. And then when we report, when we talk about someone's disobedience, i.e. a politician who uh, would be supportive of abortion, for example, um, then that's being held up as this is a good thing. Uh, that it must not be so bad if that person is doing it. And that's why our bishops, for example, have come out and so strenuously against politicians who say that they are practicing Catholics and that they need to ponder whether or not they are living in unity with the teachings of Jesus and his church. So, not to get into politics here, but we have to do the same thing. We have to look at our lives, and we have to say, Lord, I know I'm disobedient in some things, but help me be as obedient as I can to be your command, to your commands. Help me act with sincerity. Help me act with simplicity. Let me be loyal to those whom I have a responsibility towards, like my family, my friends, my employer, and especially his church. These are ways that when we do these simple things in our day-to-day, -day, then what happens is that they take on supernatural significance. How? 
because we are growing in virtue. It's with God's grace. We can't do any of these things. We can't even try to be sincere or simple or loyal without God's help. But the fact is, is that when we say yes to these things and say, yes, Lord, I want these things, a great prayer uh, that uh, my pastor uses all the time. He always says, Lord, help me want what you want. And in the same way, when we want what God wants, then all the things that we do that are good and true and beautiful take on supernatural significance. And when they do, we become more fully ourselves. We become more fully the men and the women that God created us to be. We become more fully human. And this is a hard thing for uh, people to understand sometimes. Because they're like, well, you know, obedience, sincerity, loyalty, these, these are just human virtues. And I can go about doing that. I don't need God's help. But the fact is, is that all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit then beget the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the fruits of the Holy Spirit don't come without the gifts. So even though courage, for example, fortitude is a gift of the Holy Spirit, it's also a natural virtue. Four natural virtues of temperance, prudence, courage, and justice are human virtues that we can grow in on our, using our, our own uh, will and our own ability to be able to choose the good, the true, and the beautiful. But they don't take on supernatural significance and they don't bear the fruit, lasting, eternal fruits, of things like peace and joy and goodness and kindness and chastity and faithfulness and self-control and love. Our acts won't take on these supernatural virtues without God's grace. So when we become filled with these graces and our virtues become of supernatural significance, then we become those windows into heaven that allow the love and mercy of God to shine through to others. And then they are inspired and they're encouraged and they have hope and they are given the strength through our witness to become virtuous as well on a human level. And then hopefully they say yes because they see it's possible and God is able to strengthen their ability to be virtuous, to do and to be all those things that are good and true and beautiful. And then that has that ripple effect. St. Irenaeus wrote famously in the second century, the glory of God is man fully alive. And when we become more human, then we bring about more glory for God. And God's glory is never a bad thing in a world that's so full of pain and suffering and hopelessness. A world that is so full of disobedience and gossip and intrigue and conspiracy. And because of all of it, the world is longing for goodness and truth and beauty. So let's do our part and say yes 
to being sincere, to being authentic, to being loyal, to being simple, simple as doves, right? But especially to love obedience. And obedience is only to hear, obedier. So it's to hear what God is calling us to, and then to say yes to it, so that then we can show those around us that it is possible, that there is goodness, that there is truth, and that there is beauty. And we can overcome all of that gossip and intrigue and conspiracy and help God make the world renewed. Our food for the feet is actually Jesus's words to St. Faustina Kraswalska, and she wrote this in the Diary of Divine Mercy. And Jesus said, I desire trust from my creatures. Encourage souls to place great trust in my fathomless mercy. Let the weak, sinful soul have no fear to approach me. For even if it had more sins than there are grains of sand in the world, all would be drowned in the unmeasurable depths of my mercy. Wow. That's all I have to say is wow. And the fact is, is that one of the biggest things that we need to remember is that if we but trust in God, then he will have mercy. He just wants us to trust him. He encourages us to have trust in that mercy. And therefore, no matter what we have done, doesn't matter what we have done, we should not be afraid to approach our Lord. Because, as he says right here, even if we have more sands and there's grains of sand in the world, even if we had more sins, <laughs> forgive me, even if we had more sins than there are grains of sand in the world, all of those sins be drowned in his mercy. Because it's unmeasurable. The depths of his mercy are unmeasurable. Think about that again unmeasurable there isn't a measuring stick there isn't a bucket there isn't anything that can measure God's mercy for us so that means no matter how much or how many our sins are nothing in comparison because God's mercy is unmeasurable so I invite you trust. Trust like a child throws themselves into their parents' arms. Trust and throw yourself upon God's mercy. He is waiting for you. He is longing for you to trust and to come home. So what might be some resolutions from our conversation today? Well, I mentioned one of them in the midst of conversation, and that was go and read a spiritual book. 
either Father Jacques Philippe's in the School of the Holy Spirit or St. Teresa's The Interior Castle or another uh, book. There's tons of them out there. But we need food for our souls as much as we need food for our bodies. In fact, I would argue even more so. So that's one. Go and do some spiritual reading. The second is resolve to be sincere in your dealings with others. In a particular way, make sure that your yes is your yes and your no is no, um, as Jesus tells us. But really resolve to be sincere in your dealings with others. And that can be a little bit harder than we might think. So I challenge you to do that. Finally, really trust God's mercy and go to confession. Particularly, I urge you, go to confession if you haven't been in a while, or even if you were just last week. Continue to throw yourself on God's mercy. Go to confession and experience that love for yourself, that mercy for yourself. So go to confession and trust that God's mercy is unmeasurable and that he's waiting for you. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons here, and I just want to let you know about an upcoming event that I'm really excited about, and it's called the Eucharistic Summit, Sowing Hope into Broken Hearts. It's going to be happening December 6th, 7th, and 8th, and it is a virtual event that's being sponsored by Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network. One of the biggest reasons why I'm excited is because I'm one of the speakers that is going to be a part of this event, as well as a lot of well-known speakers that you will be able to check out if you go to register for this event. So check out the link in the show notes. And it's all free. Again, did I say that? It is free. So this is going to be a beautiful way for you to be able to really enter into the Advent season, because it will be Advent by December 6th, 7th, and 8th, and for you to get some nourishment for your heart so that you can continue to grow closer to our Lord and to really be ready to celebrate his birth on Christmas. So go now and register for the free Eucharistic Summit, Sowing Hope into Broken Hearts, that's happening December 6th, 7th, and 8th. See you there. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.